Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, Change Agent and NLP Trainer here, and welcome to episode 70 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to support entrepreneurial couples, people in business partnership, and anyone looking for more tips, tools, and strategies to add to the quality of your life. So welcome to episode 70, entitled, I Apologize for How I Apologize. (laughs) I thought I would look at this area because I think sometimes we have great intention around um, taking ownership and accountability and showing regret and compassion, and yet our delivery can really fall short. I mean, I think... We've probably all been on the receiving end of what we might call a shallow or hollow apology, a false apology. Maybe we felt that the person apologized but really didn't mean it or they were only apologizing because um, they they saw that as, you know, kind of um, uh, impression management um, and trying to uh, look good rather than uh, being genuine. And so I was interested to kind of do an episode to talk a little bit about how sometimes we can have a genuine intent to apologize, to take accountability and ownership for something, and yet our apologies end up falling flat. How is it that 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 happens? Because never underestimate um, the power of just saying, "I, I just want to say I'm sorry for that and just leave it at that. Um, no qualifiers, no, um, uh, you know, add-ons, no blaming, no justification, just straight, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. But what generally tends to happen is that we do something like, look, I'm so sorry, but you have to understand from my perspective what, you know, what the reason for this was, you, you know, and that's not to say that sometimes people... Uh, aren't looking for some explanation, some understanding, or some qualifiers, but we're best uh, to ideally wait till they ask for those. But in the process of apologizing, that's all we're doing. We're not adding anything on. We're not going apologizing instantly followed up by some means of defending ourselves or some form of justification because it really detracts from the power of our apology. Um, It it weakens our apology, it can make us come across insincere, or it can nullify the the effect of the apology. So the person goes, well, I really really feel that they were more interested in kind of justifying their stance or um, defending themselves and their actions rather, and that would suggest to me that actually they're not sorry, they're just apologizing out of protocol and um, perhaps a fear of what the social kind of pushback would be um, if they don't apologize. So it really is an art form um, to to be able to apologize effectively and one that we're often not taught. You know, when we grow up in our family systems, we learn both um, overtly and covertly or directly and indirectly how to do things. And 
you know, one of the ways that you can kind of look at this uh, in terms of where you got your blueprint from was how did you, how did, how were apologies um, managed in your own family system? Like was an apology seen as a sign of weakness? Was um, an, an apology seen as an, an, an admission of fault and um, an entirety of blame? Um, or what other kind of associations do we have with, um, you, you know, owning our stuff? Um, or did that mean if we owned our stuff, then um, that would lead directly to some form of punishment rather than support, compassion, and um, an opportunity to uh, address, uh, correct, and improve? Um um, so it, it can really influence us if we came from family systems that, you know, perhaps the apologies always came with a qualifier or a justification. You know, I'm so sorry, but, you know, the, the dreaded but um, that tends to, once but comes into a conversation, it tends to negate anything that um, came before. Um, I'm really sorry, but I was super stressed and um, really frustrated with a few things, and so I lashed out, um, rather than simply, I'm sorry for lashing out at you. And just leave it at that, you know. And let leave space open for the, for the conversation to develop from there. Um, but, but where, you know, again, the other element that can really impact on the effectiveness of our apology is the kind of tone it's delivered in. You know, if we're apologising, but we're we're kind of, well, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, okay. Um, then again, the, the tone will negate um, the message um, or water down its its uh, its effect, or end up that you know people will get triggered into to anger or defensiveness, and we'll go, but what what, what are you getting so angry about? I just apologised for what I said. I'm said I'm sorry, um, and and again when we, you know we can we can ironically from a a gesture of appeasement actually end up in an escalation. <laughs> so we're we're really watching our tone. We're being very mindful of tone when we deliver an apology, and we're keeping it simple. We're avoiding any tack-ons. We're avoiding any qualifiers. We're avoiding any justifications. Um, if the person asks for clarification, then that's a different process. Um, sometimes, too, with our apologies, if we're apologizing, apologizing from a genuine space, we're taking ownership um, and we're not attached to what comes back. You know, we're not looking for, um, you, you know, you, you need to accept that wholeheartedly and you need to accept that instantly. Um, sometimes certain people have a you know, we, we all have different bounce back rates and depending on the health of our relationship, sometimes uh, couples or business partnerships, uh, depending on the health of the relationship, the repair phase can take a bit longer. You know, one of the one of the potential red flags of a health, health of a relationship, be it in business or personal, is how long does it take for us to start the repair process? And if we're making a genuine heartfelt apology and leaving it just at that, we're keeping it simple, um, then that can be a real powerful launching pad to start that repair process. Um, however, when we 
you know, add but and and justifications um, around what we did, um, then this can have the opposite effect. It can push a further a, 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 fur, a person further away from us rather than begin that repair process and draw them in. So it's so important that when we're apologising, we keep it short, we keep it simple, um, and we're watching our tone. Those are some real key factors that I think are very valuable for helping us to really apologise with greater effectiveness and and help get back. You know, it, it it's it's a it begins the bridge back to healthy connectedness, and um, and especially because a healthy relationship is not one that is devoid of conflict and devoid of friction. Uh, you know, a healthy relationship actually involves some of that, especially if we're in business and we've got um, high demand kind of um, situations that, re you know, require a lot of throwing around of ideas, a lot of challenging of ideas. These things don't matter so much if, if we can repair effectively, um, if we can you know, we've got good fight form. We can disagree with respect. Um, we can apologize effectively if we inadvertently have overstepped the mark um, or, or said something we shouldn't. We, we all are going to have those moments. Um, but again, like I said, this is about, you know, how do we recover effectively from that um, compared to, you know, what's an effective apology compared to an ineffective one. And like I said, when we talk about ineffective quality apologies, these are the ones that are delivered with, you know, with a biting sort of a, a tone um, or a harsh tone. Um, the tempo is often very rapid, you know, because I just want to spit this apology out and say I'm sorry and and just let's move on. Um, you, you know, I'm rushing to get through the experience, and that again takes away from um, its meaningfulness. Um, and then also, as I say, we're adding qualifiers. Um, yes, I, I'm really sorry about that, but you have to see it from my perspective. It was a really irritating experience. Um, okay, well, maybe, but that's not that's not necessary right now. And maybe you could talk about that later in the conversation. But the the timing to bring that up is 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 not in the moment of apology. We're just we're taking genuine ownership. Where we're, um, and, and when we're able to do this, again, these are the little things that really add to a platform of psychological safety um, and, and really add to the ongoing health of a relationship. So a, a bit of a shorter episode today, um, but, but I think one just with a really, a couple of few really sort of key tips, I think, um, that we're just, when we're, when we're taking ownership and accountability, um, we're able to kind of do that. We're able to apologize in a simple manner um, and and with a really, um, without the qualifiers and with a really genuine uh, tone of voice. And you might find if you're not, you feel like you can't quite deliver that, then you, you might, you know, instead of rushing to get it out of the way, um, which might actually end up um, irritating the other person and, and end up extending the fight, it's, it's just sitting with it for a moment or two to really focus on. My intention is that the overall relationship um, that we experience um, together is, is kept healthy, supportive and functional. And that's very different from when I get stuck in momentary righteousness. Um, and, and, and righteousness can really 
get in the way of um, being able to deliver a genuine, heartfelt, open apology because people matter to us and we want, you know, and the real objective is the long-term relationship rather than, than winning points in the moment. Um, and that I'm okay. I'm, I'm strong enough in my stuff and in myself and in my, my, my sense of how I show up in the world to, to genuinely own without defending moments when I've fallen short because we're all perfectly imperfect. It's all going to happen to all of us. So I think this is really very simple but very powerful, I think. So I hope this gives you some things to talk about, uh, to, to well, to talk about if you want to discuss it or at least think over um, to yourself. Um, but as I say, uh, food for thought, I think sometimes um, certain small pieces of conversation done effectively can have massive benefit um, on, uh, on an ongoing scale in both our personal and our business relationships. So I offer you that as a thought. Um, and I really hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, as I say, slightly shorter one today. Um, very excited to have reached 70 episodes. That's fantastic. And for all of you who've been listening along throughout the entire journey, as always, so grateful for you listening. For those of you who've just joined us, welcome. Hope you found the episode helpful. If you want to uh, support the show, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating because it really does help our reach. And I think some of these tools are very simple but so helpful in, in really us having better quality relationships across the board. And I'm also available on uh, Stitcher and Podbean. And you can also, by all means, reach me at the website, emergencetraining.com.au, or check out my series, the Relationship Resourcing Series on YouTube, Sean Healy, uh, the Relationship Resourcing Series. By all means, please come across and check out what we're doing there on YouTube as well. Um, and till uh, next time, um, once again, really appreciate you joining us on this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you found it valuable. And if you've got ideas for episodes, I always love um, when um, we get topics that are audience requested. And um, yeah, they're, they're always good fun to kind of do. So as always, thank you for listening. And until episode 71 or on one of the other episodes, look forward to being with you then. Okay, thanks. Bye for now.